Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Galatians First Reverse, brought to you by Telios. This captivating podcast will not only teach you the wonderful book of Galatians, but it will also teach you how to study the Bible so you have confidence in Scripture. Each episode will provide key points for verses in Galatians. Thanks for joining us on this exciting biblical journey. Hi, I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to this verse-by-verse study. On the book of 2 Timothy, such a great book to tell us about how to live the Christian life uh, for those who've been born again, by faith alone in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and regenerated to a new person that has the capacity of serving God. Uh, reading Romans 6, that for those who are saved, were born again, having been identified with his death and resurrection. So here, Paul, starting in chapter 3 of this great book, he's trying to encourage Timothy to stay the course. Uh, Timothy's been probably despondent, maybe depressed, we don't know, but having a difficult time managing a very large and important church in Ephesus and facing resistance. Most of the issues he has spoken about so far have been within the church, but now he reminds Timothy that he may, well, find some resistance outside the church or perhaps even with more um, unchurchlike members of his own church. I'm assuming this would be mostly outside his church, but we just don't know. In 3.1, he says, this know also, added everything else I've told you, uh, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, what does this mean? When is this? Last days uh, in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, is, is are the words eschatos emeris literally last days. And this can mean, if you search it and take it in context, either the days that Christ comes again for his second coming to take us home, or perhaps a little more often can mean the second coming, but include the church times. Otherwise, the times after the resurrection, when Christ has the victory, the final days of his coming are assured, but there's this intermediate in an immediate time of the church where the battles are still taking place and perilous times will come. So he describes the people within um, or the type of people that will cause the perilous times. And this is the next three verses to be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, natural, without natural affection, truth, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Know anybody like that? Well, yes, you do. These are the people that are not regenerate and who look for themselves trying to find uh, acceptance and pleasure in the world. The Bible describes really only two types of people those who are Christian and are regenerated, born-again believers, made after the fashion of God, or those who hate him and are resisting him. So in verse 5 then, excuse me, he says something very interesting. Having a form of godliness, I don't think it's talking about all these people, but a certain percent of them, a form of godliness. The word here, form, 
is where we get the word morphology. Otherwise, something that has a, a form that's not just external, but internal. So this, this form of godliness isn't exactly true. But also, whatever it is, inhabits their whole being. And denying the power thereof. Otherwise, they deny the power of true godliness while trying to maintain some form of godliness. And they seem to believe it. it it's transformed them internally. And who would these people be? Well, they're a good bit of our society. They're the people who are perhaps in a, a denomination that used to adhere to the Bible, but now do not. So we think of much of the Episcopal Church, much of the Methodist Church, not all churches within these congregations. Presbyterian USA, only a few of these churches really adhere to Scripture. So they have a form of godliness. They adhere to perhaps the liturgy, the old hymns, the vestments of the priests, um, the outward symbols. But they deny the power of the gospel and God's word. But if you talk to them, they believe it. They've gone to a, a social gospel, trying to find their identity in doing good things. And, and in my experience, they're very hard to talk to and proud and are full of or proud of their existential journey, trying to find the true Jesus and, and true meaning. They've got the form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Now, there's other people. There's people who call themselves spiritual. There's probably 10% of the population in the United States who, who, who may be uh, they're not atheistic, but they maybe perhaps don't recognize maybe God exists, but they have to say they're spiritual and they, they make up their own form of spirituality or follow somebody else's. So they, they, they believe it, adhere to it, but deny the power of the one true God. Uh, there, there are other examples as well, and, and you probably know some of these yourself. It's saying practically turn away. In verse five, does that mean we turn away from all unbelievers? No, because we want to convert them. How can we tell a person whom we can convert and talk to about the gospel versus one that we should turn away? Well, I think that for, we know that the spirit convicts those from John 16 <clears throat> verses eight to 11. That will come to know Christ. So it's those people who are open. Perhaps they feel guilty. They're willing to discuss it. They're not defensive. They're trying to put you down. They're, call, they're not calling you names. That And resisting all your arguments with all sorts of excuses. Those people who are interested and will engage and perhaps have perceived a need, those are the people to talk to. But those who deny God and, and, and do it strongly or denying you, don't spend your time there. Christ didn't do that either. Move on to those with this, to whom the Spirit is working to convict them, to bring them to Christ. Certainly by turning it away, we don't enter into spiritual relationships with these people and depend on them for truth or fellowship. We get that from true Christians and the Scripture, of course. Okay, thank you for joining me today. We'll continue with discussing this group of people next time. I hope you'll join me then. Goodbye for now. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast, Relations Verse by Verse. We hope you found the teachings both interesting and informative. Join us next week for another exciting episode. To listen to all episodes, please visit our website, teliosresearch.com. That's T-E-L-E-I-L-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H. Thank you.